Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the Tom Hartman Program. I just wanted to let you know, we're going to be carrying the hearings live with Chairman Adam Schiff. I will be breaking in when they are done, and we will be talking about it. So here it is. You have adopted an interpretation by the Justice Department that essentially says the president is above the director. Therefore, the president is not subject to the jurisdiction of the director. Therefore, it doesn't meet the definition of urgent concern. Therefore, the inspector general is done. Inspector General can't investigate anymore. That's the Inspector General's reading of the department opinion, that he is no longer allowed to investigate this. Is that your reading as well? Chairman, not necessarily the president, but the allegation has to relate to the funding, administration, and operation of an intelligence activity within the responsibility and the authority of the Director of National Intelligence. Okay, well, I'm just trying to get to whether the president is somehow beyond the reach of the law. No, sir. The, the, no no the, person in this country is beyond the reach well, of the law. Well, that's the way it should be, but I'm trying to figure out whether that's the way it is as a practical fact. The Inspector General believes that based on the opinion that you requested of the Department of Justice, he is no longer allowed to look into this because it doesn't meet the definition of an urgent concern because it involves the President. Is that your understanding of the Department opinion as well, that the Inspector General no longer has jurisdiction to look into this. It is my understanding that both the Inspector General and I and my team are waiting for, we we were waiting for the resolution of executive privilege to be determined. It is now no longer executive privilege. I'm not sure exactly what the statute has as far as what Michael can do, but we also are looking for a way. Now, if I did not send it forward, as you know, under urgent concern within the seven days, then the statute would allow the whistleblower to come to you and still be protected. Yeah, uh, Director, but because my, 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 we, we are, we are accommodating. My, my point is this. The D- Department of Justice has said, because this doesn't meet the statutory definition, because this involves the president, the inspector general has no jurisdiction to investigate. Now, if this inspector general has no jurisdiction to investigate, 
because the President is above the agency, no Inspector General has jurisdiction to investigate. That is the effect of that opinion. Do you disagree? I believe that the opinion was based on the reading of the statute and whether or not the situation here is compliant and comes underneath the statute. The Office of Legal Counsel opinion was that based on the criteria that you're required to have in order to support this legal statute, it does not. And he also said that because of that, it is not a matter of the intelligence community. But once again, yes, he well, said, that, however, you may go forward, and that's I have. The, that's the key issue, Director. Because it involves the president, it does not involve the intelligence community. That is the sum and substance. And the effect of that is the inspector general has told us that he no longer has jurisdiction to investigate. And by the logic of that opinion, nor does any other inspector general. Now, as you point out, this was referred to the Justice Department, it was referred to the FBI and Justice Department. That department under Bill Barr, and with breathtaking speed, decided there's nothing to see here. It decided that we don't believe that this constitutes a violation of the campaign finance laws, and therefore, we're not authorizing an investigation. The FBI is not authorized to investigate any of this. Any of this. So the IGs can't do it. According to the Department of Justice, the FBI can't do it because it doesn't meet their threshold that makes it worthy investigation. So at this point, only this committee and this Congress is in a position to investigate. And I want to ask you, going to the whistleblower complaint, whether you believe these allegations are worthy investigation. Whistleblower says, I have received information from multiple U.S. government officials that the President of the United States is using the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. election. You would agree that should be investigated, would you not? Chairman, the horse has left the barn. You have all of the information. You have the whistleblower complaint. You have the letter from the ICIG. You have the Office of Legal Counsel opinion. Yes, but and you uh, have yes, we do. But would you agree that if there is a serious, incredible an investigation, that you agree there should be an investigation? I believe that it is a matter to be determined by the chair and this committee. Well, I'm asking you as a career military officer, someone who I greatly respect and I admire your service to the country. Do you believe if there is a credible allegation by a whistleblower corroborated by apparently multiple U.S. government officials that the President of the United States is using the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 election, do you believe that should be investigated? I don't believe it has corroborated by other folks. The and welcome to our program. We're carrying the, uh, the hearings live. This is the House Intelligence Committee with uh, Joseph McGuire, the Director of National Intelligence. I'll be back as soon as there's a break. Yes, but the, the Inspector General took those two weeks, as you well told us, to corroborate that information. Now, we don't know which, if any, of these officials the Inspector General spoke to and found it credible. And you've told us that you have no reason to believe otherwise. Am I right? I had no reason to doubt a career inspector general uh, lawyer in his determination on whether or not it was credible. That is something for Michael to determine. And let me ask you this. The whistleblower also says over the past four months, more than half a dozen U.S. officials informed me 
of various facts related to this effort to seek foreign interference. You would agree that we should speak to those half a dozen U.S. officials, would you not? I think that you have all the material that the, uh, the committee needs, and I think it's up to the committee how they think they need to proceed. Well, I'm asking your opinion. It As the head of my, our intelligence agencies, my, my, do you my, think that my, we should talk to those other people and find out whether the whistleblower is right? My responsibility to is to get you the whistleblower letter, the complaint, and the other information released. I have done my responsibility. That is on the shoulders of the legislative branch and this committee. Well, let me, let me ask you this, Director. You the whistleblower also says, I am also concerned that these actions pose risks to U.S. national security and undermine the U.S. government's efforts to deter and counter foreign interference in U.S. elections. You would agree if there's a credible allegation along those lines that we should investigate it? I agree that if there was an election interference, the complaint was not about election interference. It was about a classified, confidential, uh, uh, diplomatic conversation. Involving election interference by the president, sought by the president. That doesn't take it out of the realm of seeking foreign assistance. It makes it all the more pernicious. Wouldn't you agree? I, 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 as I said, I don't disagree with the IGIC's assessment that it was a credible matter. The whistleblower further says, namely, he, the president, sought to pressure Ukrainian leader to take actions to help the president's 2020 re-election bid. You would agree that that should be investigated? Not necessarily, sir. I mean, as far as it was investigated by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. No, it wasn't. Yes, it went to the... No, the, 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 the Department of Justice concluded that this wouldn't violate the election laws. Now, no, so one, it, no one can understand how they could reach that conclusion after the two years we've been through, but nonetheless, they didn't authorize the FBI to investigate it. You would agree someone should investigate this, wouldn't you? I referred it. If I didn't, I would not have referred it to the Justice Department and to the FBI. Well, I... Uh, then I'm glad that we're in agreement. The whistleblower says they told me that there was already discussion ongoing with the White House lawyers about how to treat the call because of the likelihood in the officials retelling they had witnessed the president abuse his office for personal gain. You would agree that that should be investigated, wouldn't you? I, all I know is that that's the allegation. Right, sure. and it's credible and therefore should be investigated, right? Well, it, it, again, it is hearsay, secondhand information. It should come to this committee for further investigation. Thank you. And I, I mean, you have it. You I, have the documents. I, I just wanted to confirm that we're in agreement that you think the committee should investigate it. The whistleblower also says Donald Trump expressed his conviction that the new Ukrainian government will be able to quickly improve Ukraine's image and complete the investigation of corruption cases that have held back cooperation between Ukraine and the United States. This is the whistleblower citing the Ukrainian readout. You would agree that if the Ukrainian readout, when they're talking about corruption cases, is talking about investigating Biden and his son, and that that has held back, the, the failure to do that has held back cooperation between our two countries, that should be investigated, right? That's of a national Chairman security Chief, dimension. I, I don't agree with, with any of that. What, I, I did not agree that it should be investigated. What I said was that I complied with my requirement to send you the documents. Well, I, 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 to I, this committee, and that it is up to the chair, the I, ranking member, and this committee members to decide what to do with that information. Uh, I'm in I, no I, position well, to tell the chair or the I, committee to do an investigation okay. or not do an investigation. I, I, okay. I... I find it remarkable that the Director of National Intelligence doesn't think credible allegations of someone seeking foreign assistance in a U.S. election should be investigated. 
Um, let me ask you this. The whistleblower further says, in the days following the phone call, I learned from multiple U.S. officials that senior White House officials had intervened to lock down all the records of the phone call. Do you have any reason to believe that the whistleblower's allegation there is incorrect? I have no idea whether it is correct or incorrect, sir. Someone should find out, though, right? Excuse me? Someone should find out if it's correct, don't, shouldn't they? I don't know if that is an incorrect allegation. I mean, I just do not know. Again, that, that is the work, that is the business of the executive branch of the White House and the office of the White House. Well, corruption is not the business, or it shouldn't no, be, of the White the, House or anyone in it. What the White House decides to do with their privileged communications and information, I believe, is the business of the White House. Do you believe that's true even if that communication involves crime or fraud? I'm sure you're aware that any there's, a, there's an fraud, exception to any claim of privilege. The privilege can't be used to conceal no. crime or fraud. As I said before, any crime or fraud or instances of wrongdoing should be referred to the Justice Department for investigation, as I did. The whistleblower further alleges that White House officials told the whistleblower they were directed by White House lawyers to remove the electron electronic transcript, that is, of the call from the computer system in which such transcripts are typically stored. And instead, it was loaded into a separate electronic system that is used, otherwise used to store and handle classified information of a specially sensitive nature. One White House official described this act as an abuse of the electronic system. I do not know whether similar measures were taken to restrict access to other records of the call, such as contemporaneous handwritten notes taken by those who listened, and we should find out, shouldn't we? Chairman Schiff, when I received the letter from Michael Atkinson on the 26th of August, he concurrently sent a letter to the Office of uh, White House Counsel asking the White House Counsel to control and keep any information that pertained to that phone call on the 25th. It was a lengthy letter. Michael would be able to address it better, but I do believe that the ICIG, I know that the ICIG has sent a letter to the White House Counsel requesting that they keep all of that information. But you would agree that if there's a credible allegation from this credible whistleblower that White House officials were moving these records into a system that was not designed for that purpose in an effort to cover up, essentially, potential misconduct, that, that ought to be looked into. You would agree with that, wouldn't you? To the best of my knowledge, when this allegation came forward, this whistleblower complaint on the 12th of August, I have no idea what the timeline was as far as whether or not the White House, the National Security Council, or anybody involved in that conversation, what they did with the transcripts, where they put them, I just have absolutely no knowledge, nor the timeline of that, Chairman. It is not something that would be under my authority or responsibility. The whistleblower makes a, a series of allegations involving Mr. Giuliani, cites a report in the New York Times about his planned trip to Ukraine to press the Ukrainian government to pursue investigations that would help the president in his 2020 re-election bid. You would agree that if the president was instructing his personal lawyer to seek, again, foreign help in a U.S. presidential election, that that would be improper. I, I believe Mueller described such efforts to seek foreign assistance as unethical, unpatriotic, and very possibly criminal. Would you agree with Director Mueller that, that to seek foreign assistance that way would be unethical, unpatriotic, and very possibly a violation of law? I believe that uh, Mr. Giuliani is the president's personal lawyer, 
and whatever conversation that the president has with his personal lawyer, I would imagine it would be by client attorney of privilege. I am in no position to criticize the president of the United States on how he wants to conduct that, and I have no knowing of what Mr. Giuliani does or does not do. Let me ask you about the last couple allegations of the whistleblower. I learned from U.S. officials that on or around 14 May, the president instructed Vice President Pence to cancel his planned travel to Ukraine to attend President Zelensky's inauguration on 20 May. Secretary of Energy Rick Perry led the delegation instead. According to these officials, it was also made clear to them that the president did not want to meet with Mr. Zelensky until he saw how Zelensky, quote, chose to act, unquote, in office. I do not know how this guidance was communicated or by whom. I also do not know whether this action was connected with the broader understanding described in the unclassified letter that a meeting or phone call with the president and President Zelensky would depend on whether Zelensky showed the willingness to play ball. Do you know whether Mr. Pence, Vice President Pence's trip, was pulled because of an effort to find out first whether Ukraine was willing to play ball? Chairman Schiff, no, I do not. I have no knowledge of any of that until this information came to me from the ICIG. I have absolutely no situation awareness or no knowledge of any of those facts. Would you agree that if the vice president's trip was canceled in order to put further pressure on Ukraine to manufacture dirt on Mr. Biden, that that would be unethical, unpatriotic, and potentially a crime? I do not know why the Vice President of the United States did not do that. I do know what the allegation was within the whistleblower complaint, and I don't know whether that allegation is accurate or not, Mr. Chairman. Finally, the whistleblower says, on July 18, an Office of Management and Budget official informed departments and agencies that the President earlier that month had issued instructions to suspend all U.S. security assistance to Ukraine. Neither OMB nor the NSC staff knew why this instruction had been issued. Senator McConnell said the other day that he spoke with the Secretary of Defense and Secretary of State, and he didn't know why the instruction had been given. Doesn't that strike you as suspicious, Director, that no one on the national security staff, no one in the senior leadership, apparently, of the party here in Congress that had approved the aid, understood why the president was suspending aid. Doesn't that strike you as just a little suspicious? Chairman Schiff, I'm just unaware, to be honest with you, how those decisions are made. And once again, I, I just have no situation awareness of what happened well, with the if, holding of the if, funding from a, OMB. As a military man, if this military aid was withheld from an ally that is fighting off Putin's Russia, and it was done so to be used as leverage to get dirt in a U.S. political campaign. Don't you think that should be investigated? I have no reason to believe. I do not understand. I have no situation awareness. Yes, it should be investigated. Just say it. We'll be back. Well, I can tell you, we are Hartman program. We'll be right back. We're carrying live the hearings uh, with the House Intelligence Committee. Tennis today, I want to thank you again for your service as my colleague, underscored Mr. Welch, and I completely share his sentiment. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Boy, with all this impeachment stuff and Trump treason flying around, you know, 
I, I have been doubling my CBD oil dose. I love CBD oil. It doesn't get you high, it, but it, and it's non-toxic, but it's a potent pain reliever and anti, or it has potent pain relieving and anti-inflammatory properties. I think it's the proper way to say that. And the brand I trust the most is New Leaf Naturals. NU Leaf Natural CBD oil is the highest quality CBD oil on the market. It's 100% organic, highly concentrated, has no additional additives, grown in the USA, and the only ingredient is hemp, so the product remains in its most pure and simple form. Go to newleafnaturals.com, that's NUleafnaturals.com, and save 30% off and get free shipping in the U.S. when you use the code TOM, it's spelled T-H-O-M. Go to NULeafnaturals.com. For premium cannabinoid wellness, there's only one place, NULeafnaturals.com. That's NULeafnaturals.com. That's NULeafnaturals.com. Code TOM. It's spelled T-H-O-M. NULeafnaturals.com. No one has any question about your devotion to the country. No one has any question about your... Acting in good faith, I want to make that very clear. I think you're a good and honorable man. Like my colleagues, I don't agree with the decisions you made. I agree with the Inspector General's view of the law. And I'm deeply concerned about the message this has sent to other whistleblowers about whether this system really works. If the subject of a complaint can stop that complaint from getting to Congress, then the most serious complaints may never get here. And I want to thank the whistleblower for their courage. They didn't have to step forward. Indeed, we know from the whistleblower complaint, there are several others that have knowledge of many of the same events. And I would just say to those several others that have knowledge of those events, I hope that they too would show the same kind of courage and patriotism that this whistleblower has shown. We are dependent on people of good faith to step forward when they see evidence of wrongdoing. The system won't work otherwise. And I have to say to our friends in Ukraine who may be watching, just how distressing it is that as their country fights to liberate itself from Russian oppression, as it fights to root out corruption in their own country, that what they would be treated to by the President of the United States would be the highest form of corruption in this country that the President of the United States would be, instead of a champion of democracy and human rights and the rule of law, would instead be reinforcing a message with the new Ukrainian president who was elected to root out corruption, that instead the message that president would be, you can use your Justice Department, just call Bill Barr, you can use our Justice Department to manufacture dirt on an opponent, that that's what democracy is. You can use foreign assistance, military assistance, vital assistance as a lever to get another country to do something unethical. The idea that a fellow democracy, a struggling democracy, would hear those messages from the President of the United States. I just want to say to the people of Ukraine, we support you in your fight with Russia. We support you in your struggle for democracy. We support you in your efforts to root out corruption. And what you are witnessing and and What you are seeing in the actions of this president is not democracy. It is the very negation of democracy. This is democracy. What you saw in this committee is democracy as ugly as it can be, as personal as it can be, as infuriating as it can be. 
This is democracy. This is democracy. I thank you, Director. We are adjourned. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. The hearings have adjourned with Chairman Adam Schiff speaking. Perhaps the most poignant moment of the entire hearing was when Adam Schiff basically looked into the camera and said to the people of Ukraine, and I'm paraphrasing from memory here, this is not verbatim, but to the people of Ukraine, I want to tell you this is not what democracy looks like. We realize you guys have a brand new democracy. You're struggling against Russia and their occupation of part of eastern Ukraine, etc. And we just want you to know this is corruption. This is not democracy. And just absolutely extraordinary. The whistleblower complaint was declassified overnight. It was released about 20 minutes before this hearing started. It's detailed and it's extraordinary. It's just an absolutely extraordinary read. And some substantial parts of it have been redacted. There's particularly a reference to Vice President Pence. Jennifer Rubin in the Washington Post is like, okay, Mike Pence, you better lawyer up. Well, it, let me just read to you parts of this. This is the report. I'm reporting an urgent concern in accordance with the procedures, blah de blah In the course of my official duties, I have received from multiple U.S. government officials that the President of the United States is using the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. election. This is the first paragraph. Right? This interference includes, among other things, pressuring a foreign country to investigate one of the President's main domestic political rivals. The President's personal lawyer, Mr. Rudolph Giuliani, is a central figure in this effort. Attorney General Barr appears to be involved as well. Over the past four months, more than half a dozen U.S. officials have informed me of various facts relating to this effort. I am deeply concerned, I'm jumping around in this, I am deeply concerned that the actions described below constitute a serious and flagrant problem, abuse, or violation of law. That's a quote from a law that does not include differences of opinions concerning public policy matters. In other words, this is not political. This is serious stuff. I am also concerned that these actions pose risks to U.S. national security and undermine the U.S. government's efforts to deter and counter foreign intelligence in U.S. elections. And it continues from there. I mean, it's nine pages altogether with attachments and things, including quotes from Giuliani, examples of what was done, this is breathtaking. And the essence of the hearing, the Republicans were trying to say, oh, this is all fake news and it's fake media and you're just being used in their little show here. And the Democrats were basically saying, when you heard from a whistleblower that the President of the United States and the Attorney General may be involved in an illegal effort to solicit foreign contributions to help their election, why did you take that complaint first, even though the law says you have to bring it to Congress, why did you first take it to the President of the United States and the Attorney General, the people who were named in the complaint? And I'm not sure we heard a good answer. I'll tell you how he was trying to rationalize this. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Right after the break, we'll get into that. And uh, we'll also pick up your calls, your thoughts on this. What did you think was you know, significant, relevant, important to this one? 
You know, people are always asking me, Tom, is that X chair really as comfortable as you say it is? You've been advertising it for a long time. And my answer is yes. In fact, probably I don't do a good enough job describing just how great this chair feels. So take my advice. Get one to feel it for yourself. And you can do that right now because of X chair's 30-day no questions asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. You have no risk. So if you're wondering what, if what I say is true, just try it for yourself. Once you feel the X chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar support, their DVL, You'll understand exactly why I love my X chair so much. Take advantage of X chair's new financing option and increase your productivity with the right model for you, the X Basic or the X1 through X4. X chair can fit your body and your budget. X chair is on sale now for 100 bucks off. Go to xchairtom.com, that's xchairthom.com or call 1-844-4X-Chair. Go to xchairtom.com now and use the code XWheels and you'll receive a free set of the new XWheels with your chair. That's xchairtom.com. We played the tail end of the testimony by Mr. Joseph McGuire, the director of national intelligence for the Trump administration, who had basically said, Adam Schiff kept coming back to this point, and it really is kind of mind-boggling if you think about it. The law says that if a whistleblower inside the intelligence community comes forward with credible and timely, you know, urgent and credible allegations of wrongdoing anywhere in the intelligence community. Now, I'm sure when they wrote this law, they weren't thinking to the president, but, but if they come forward with this, that that information, if the inspector general for the intelligence community determines that that information actually is credible and urgent, then they have to pass it along to the Oversight Committee, the Intelligence Committee, in Congress, Adam Schiff's committee. They have to do that within seven days. So the Inspector General says, yes, we have to do this, and you have to do it within seven days. It's supposed to be transmitted to Congress by the Director of National Intelligence, not by the Inspector General. So the Inspector General hands it off to the Director of National Intelligence and says, here you go, you got seven days to give this to Congress. And the whistleblower complaint specifically says, and I quote, In the course of my official duties, I have received information from multiple U.S. government officials that the President of the United States is using the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 election. This interference includes, among other things, pressuring a foreign country to investigate one of the President's main domestic political rivals. The President's personal lawyer, Mr. Rudolph Giuliani, is a central figure in this effort. Attorney General Barr appears to be involved as well. So you've got the president and his lawyer, you've got Trump and his lawyer, Giuliani, who are involved in this corrupt activity of basically trying to strong arm or extort Ukraine. And you've got Bill Barr, the attorney general, according to the whistleblower. Perhaps, appears to be involved as well. So the director of national intelligence, instead of following the law, which says, okay, this has to go to Congress within seven days, he says, well, this phrase urgent concern is a legal phrase. There's a definition of this in the law. So I really need to consult with a lawyer. Now, you know, I can understand that. This is a guy who's only been on the job, you know, 41 days today. He'd been on the job about three weeks at that time. He'd been in the military for nearly 40 years. And he understood chain of command, and he also understood lawyers. He'd had, you know, command roles in the military, leadership roles in the military. 
And so he's like, you know, I really need to have a lawyer check this out before I take something to Congress that's this explosive, right? Alleging that the president of the United States is committing treason, essentially. That, that his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, is helping him and that the Attorney General Bill Barr is involved. So what lawyer do I go to? Well, I'm the Director of National Intelligence. I'm in the executive branch. That means I work for the president. So I guess I should go to the president's lawyer. And because they're alleging a crime, I should probably go to the Attorney General. The Office of Legal Counsel is referred to as OLC, but that's the head lawyer for the Attorney General's office. This is where Adam Schiff kept scratching his head. So this guy says, okay, I've got a credible complaint, an urgent concern, a whistleblower complaint that says that the president is committing treason and that he's being assisted in this process. Now, treason is not a word that's in the document, just, just to be clear. Adam Schiff was criticized for paraphrasing the president. I don't want to be similarly criticized. I want to make it very clear. That's my word. So using my word, the director of national intelligence gets this credible complaint, complete, by the way, with documents backing it up that the president is committing treason, his lawyer is participating in this, Giuliani, that the head of the Department of Justice, Bill Barr, the guy who did the cover-ups back in 92 on the Iran-Contra deal, when he was attorney general back for George Herbert Walker Bush, that that guy, Bill Barr, he's involved as well. So he brings these complaints to who? to the president's lawyer and to Bill Barr and says, what should I do with this? And surprise, surprise, they say, you should just sit on it, put it in a drawer. It's not that urgent. And so he sits on it. And a week goes by, 10 days goes by, second week goes by. And at that point, the inspector general, the guy who is the head cop inside the intelligence agencies, the intelligence community's inspector general, goes to the intelligence committee and says, I've got some urgent information, a whistleblower report, and the guy above me, the Director of National Intelligence, is keeping it from you. At which point all hell breaks loose. Right, the Washington Post is reporting on this, the New York Times is reporting on this. So here we have this whistleblower report. He says, over the past four months, more than half a dozen U.S. officials have informed me of various facts related to this effort. I am deeply concerned that the action, I'm jumping around in this, I'm deeply concerned that the actions described below constitute a serious or flagrant problem, abuse, or violation of law. That's a quote from the law itself that says that this has to be given to Congress. I am also concerned that these actions pose risks to U.S. national security and undermine the U.S. government's efforts to deter and counter foreign interference in U.S. elections. See, this is all about Donald Trump keeping out of jail. He's an unindicted co-conspirator in the campaign finance crime for which his lawyer, Michael Cohen, is now in prison. Once he leaves office, they will be able to indict him for that. You've got the state of New York looking into fraud allegations with regard to bank deals and real estate deals. I mean, there's this whole list of you've got almost 20 women alleging that he assaulted them sexually. You've got this long list of crimes for which Donald Trump could go to jail. You've got his daughter and son, Ivanka and Don Jr., or maybe it was Eric, participating in a scheme to sell real estate in Manhattan where they were lying to people, where they were committing fraud in the real estate business. I mean, there's just all kinds, it's just, it's laying all over the place. You've got Jared Kushner wanting to borrow a billion dollars from Qatar 
or from a sovereign wealth fund that Qatar largely funded. He goes over to the Middle East and tries to hustle up a billion dollars. Qatar says, no, don't want to give you the money. So Saudi Arabia cuts off Qatar, puts an embargo, won't let trucks through, won't let food through, won't let medicine through. Qatar's this little tiny peninsula. It's like Florida. You know, it sticks out into the Arabian Gulf. Only it's a lot smaller than Florida. But it just kind of sticks out, and they can just cut it off right there at the panhandle, which is what they did, the Saudis did. Now, who's in charge of Saudi Arabia? Mohammed bin, you know, Mr. Bonesaw, Mohammed bin Salman, who is who? Who's best friend? Jared Kushner. So they cut off Qatar. Qatar is like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And Qatar, by the way, is where our, I believe it's the sixth fleet, where we've got, a, we've got a whole bunch of warships stationed there to patrol the Persian Gulf. But Saudi Arabia doesn't care. Trump administration doesn't care. Jared Kushner doesn't care. And after about a month of this, finally, Qatar says, okay, okay, we'll give Jared the billion dollars. Jared gets his billion dollars. He pays off his loan on 666 Fifth Avenue, and the Saudis stop the blockade. Everything's good again. I mean, there's just like stuff like this is just laying all over the ground. So then this whistleblower points out that now we've got, keep in mind, again, this was the day after Fox News was publicizing this poll. On July 24th, Fox News all day long was talking about how they just did a new poll. And according to their poll, and keep in mind who watches Fox News, uh, a.k.a. Donald Trump, that according to their poll, Donald Trump was being beat by Joe Biden by 10 points. In other words, Trump, you're going to go to jail in a year and a half. And so Donald Trump, the next day after watching Fox News, they've got this, what's supposed to be a totally routine phone call, right? Nobody was told, lock this thing down, only have one person in the room, nobody listens, no recordings, nobody was told any of that. But Trump can't help himself, right? He's so freaked out, he's so filled with anxiety that he's going to have to go to jail that he just blurts this out to the president of Ukraine. Nice little country you got there. Be a shame if the, you know, the Russians took the rest of it. You want some missiles to protect yourself? Well, first find me some dirt on Joe and Hunter Biden. And here we are. The whistleblower report, the Ukrainian side, was the first to publicly announce the phone call. On the evening of 25 July, a readout was posted on the website of the Ukrainian president that contained the following line, quote, Donald Trump expressed his conviction that the new Ukrainian government will be able to quickly improve Ukraine's image and complete the investigation of corruption cases. That's, that's code for Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And complete the investigation of corruption cases that have held back cooperation between Ukraine and the United States. Now, the whistleblower goes on to say, as I just said, you know, I said that's code for Biden. The whistleblower in the next sentence says, aside from the above mentioned cases purportedly dealing with the Biden family and the 2016 U.S. election, I was told by White House officials, no other cases were discussed. In other words, this was entirely about Joe Biden. The officials I spoke with told me that participation in the call had not been restricted in advance because everyone expected it would be a, quote, routine call with a foreign leader. And, and what they didn't know was that Fox News had gotten the president cranked up the day before. In the days following the phone call, he says, I learned from multiple U.S. officials, a senior White House official that had intervened to lock down all records of the phone call, especially the official word-for-word -word transcript of the call that was produced. White House to officials told me they were directed by White House lawyers. Somebody's going to go to jail here. To remove the electronic transcript from the computer system in which such transcripts are typically stored. Instead, the transcript was loaded into a separate electronic system. A secret 
server. So here we have Trump has a secret server. What else is on that secret server? Remember yesterday I was talking about the Rosemary Woods 18 minute gap in the transcript we had yesterday? Looks like there may be a hell of a lot of them. His conversations with Putin, his conversations with Xi, his conversations with who? This is the Tom Hartman Program. Modi, Modi Duterte, Bolsonaro, Orban. I mean, how many of these you know, right-wing populist guys has, has Trump been hustling with? This is incredible. Tyrone in New York City. Hey, Tyrone, what's on your mind? Hey, how you doing, Tom? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. They're trying to distract from the actual cause of this whole situation. They're trying to say that there was no quick quote pro. Right. And they, that's like how they're trying to distract from, how they have to distract from the other investigations saying there's no collusion. I said, because the president didn't say either do what I want or I'm not giving you any money. Right. That means that it didn't it didn't happen. Yeah. So and, and we have a bad problem of glorifying these gangsters and monsters because that's what we just elected. A, a wannabe monster to run this country like a mob boss run an organization. And that's what this guy is doing, asking for allegiance, saying that I'm going to send my general and my bag man Giuliani to come talk to you, to get you in line, to make sure you go after this other guy that is right. giving me competition. And I'm wondering how many other foreign leaders Trump has tried to corrupt. Yeah. Yeah, he he think he's actually running the mob organization. This is how things are run in those type of. Um, you know the amazing thing about this, Tyrone. I was it, Louise and I were watching this this morning before I you know before I came into the studio when the when the hearings first started and and all this stuff was coming out and when the whistleblower complaint came out and we actually read it and I was like, oh my God, Donald Trump is a wannabe mob boss. I uh, Louise and I yesterday watched the uh, we saw an advanced copy of this new movie that's coming out. Get me Roger Stone. And it's all about how Roger Stone was, you know, the lawyer to the mob. And, and then, you know, Trump was in with the mob and wanted to build Trump Tower. And he hires Roger Stone, who greases the skids. And now they're both in with the mob. You know, I watched that movie yesterday afternoon. And then it's going to be in theaters in a week or two. And then I, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so obvious what's going on here. Trump is a crook. And he assumes that everybody else is a crook. Right. Yeah. I mean, we all judge people by other people by ourselves. People who aren't trustworthy generally don't trust other people. People who are who are trustworthy are a little easier to take advantage of because they generally start by trusting everybody. So Trump assumes everybody's a crook. So yesterday he calls up or day before yesterday in the morning, he calls up Pelosi and he says, uh, can, can we work out a deal here? And she's kind of ambiguous in, his, in her response. So he thinks she's going to help him cover it up. And then when she comes out and says, we need an impeachment inquiry, he's shocked, right? I mean, you've got multiple sources inside the White House saying Trump's jaw dropped. He's, he's freaked out. He had no idea. He believed he had her in the bag. And then he's trying to hustle the head of Ukraine. He's probably cutting deals with other corrupt foreign leaders. He's, you know, him and Jair Bolsonaro plotting to burn down the Amazon. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And his being corrupt and assuming other people are corrupt. Now he's talking to the head of Ukraine who... Probably wasn't corrupt, but he's corrupted the guy. You read the transcript. This guy's going to pay. He's going to have hell to pay in Ukraine because of the way he sucked up to Trump. What do you think? Yeah, he, he was going to start. He's starting the investigation on Biden. 
was um, buying on the strength of what the president told him to do. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Tyrone, thanks for the call. It's, uh, you know, spot on. So we'll be back. We'll continue our uh, our examination of what's going on here in our country and, and frankly, around the world right after this. So remember the last time you looked in the mirror, wrinkles, crow's feet, under eye bags. Hey, just imagine now that they're gone. I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery, just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minutes. It's the edge you've been looking for. Don't believe it? I didn't either until I tried it. Now I don't have to imagine anymore. I look like me, but younger. Simply put, I'm blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself at work or out with friends. And the best part is Plexiderm goes on clear, so nobody will know you're using it unless you tell them, of course. Go to tryplexiderm.com and use my code TOM, T-H-O-M, for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50 do- 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning the code TOM, T-H-O-M. Plexiderm is back by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit TriPlexiderm.com today and use the code TOM at checkout. That's TriPlexiderm.com. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Today's book in the Tom Hartman Book Club is Impeachment, a Citizen's Guide by Cass R. Sunstein. This is from Chapter 1, titled Majesty and Mystery. It's an old story, and it's probably even true. When the authors of the New American Constitution declared, after their months of work in Philadelphia, that they had finally reached a consensus, one Mrs. Powell shouted a question to the revered Benjamin Franklin, then 81 years old. Dr. Franklin, what have you given us, a monarchy or a republic? He gave this answer. A republic, if you can keep it. With those words, Franklin deflected the thrust of the question. True, he didn't refuse to answer a republic, he said, and not a monarchy. But in his view, the question wasn't what the framers, a band of good and great men, had given to the American people. The Constitution was not a gift. The question was what we, the people, would do with the framework that the framers had produced. The real agents, the most important actors in the nation's history, were and are the you. You have a task, which is to keep it. And what you are to keep is a republic, which is what the American Revolution was fought to establish and which is opposed to what the colonies fought against, a monarchy headed by a king who could not be removed from office and who could rule as a tyrant. From the Declaration of Independence, the history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. Just a few decades before he spoke, Franklin's words would have been unfathomably radical, but he captured the spirit of his age. Here's Alexander Hamilton writing in the very first of the Federalist Papers, which defended the American Constitution to a nation that was sharply divided on whether to ratify it. Hamilton sounded a lot like Franken, though much more grave. Quote, It has been frequently remarked that it seems to have been reserved to the people of this country by their conduct and example to decide the important question whether societies of men are really capable of, or not, of establishing good government from reflection and choice, or whether they are forever destined to depend for their political constitutions on accident and force. If there be any truth in that remark, 
The crisis at which we are arrived may with propriety be regarded as the era in which the decision is to be made. And a wrong election of the part we shall act may, in this view, deserve to be considered as the general misfortune of mankind. Franklin, Hamilton, and their colleagues thought a lot about impeachment. In their view, the power to impeach was central to the establishment of, quote, good government from reflection and choice. Without the power to impeach, we the people would probably have refused to ratify the Constitution in the first place. Impeachment laid at the core of the founders' intricate and majestic efforts to balance the defining Republican commitments to liberty, equality, and self-rule with the belief in a strong, energetic national government. They achieved that balance with diverse features of the Constitution, including a four-year term for the president, electoral control, the separation of powers, and a system of individual rights. It is ironic that impeachment, regarded in 1787 as an essential component of the balance, is now little understood by the people of this country. As Exhibit 1, consider the 1970 pronouncement by Gerald Ford, then a member of Congress and later President of the United States, that an impeachable offense, quote, is whatever a majority of the House believes it to be at a given moment in history. As Exhibit 2, consider the 2017 claim by Nancy Pelosi, then the House Minority Leader and former Speaker of the House, that a president cannot be impeached unless he has broken the law. As you will see, both Ford and Pelosi got it fundamentally wrong. Their views make a mockery of the constitutional design. They are also anti-Republican, small-r Republican. In American history, three presidents have been subject to serious impeachment proceedings. Andrew Johnson, Richard Nixon, and Bill Clinton. During the impeachment process against Nixon, I was in my late teens. In a way, the, con in a way, the controversy was inspiring. We the people were rising up against a president who had apparently done awful things. But I liked Nixon, and I didn't much like the Democrats, and I was torn. Riveted by the national debates, I wondered, are people trying to impeach Nixon because they hate him and his policies, or because he actually did something terribly wrong? Like many millions of Americans, I also wondered, what is impeachment all about anyway? The very word was unfamiliar and seemed like a kind of relic, something from a bygone age. The nation and Nixon himself received an unforgettable civics lesson back then in the 1970s, but I'm not sure we got a full answer to either question. When I decided to go to law school a few years later, I can't say that I was motivated by the Nixon proceedings, but they certainly helped to inspire my interest in our constitutional system. Like many others in my law school class, I was certain that some courses would be focused on the intriguing questions raised by Nixon's resignation. Above all, what were the framers doing with that impeachment provision? What are high crimes and misdemeanors? But no class spent as much as a single minute on impeachment. It was as if the whole topic was irrelevant, part of history's dustbin, a tiny footnote to the real issues in constitutional law. Sure, we talked about the power of the president, about when he could make war, about what he could do on his own. Impeachment by Cass Sunstein. So we just put up a new video talking about Donald Trump being a racist and how we're, we're all dancing around there, at least the media, but by we, I'm, I'm talking about the media that I'm a part of, I suppose. And for that matter, in Congress, I mean, you know, with this House resolution to condemn Trump's racist tweets, they couldn't condemn Trump as a racist. That would have been a violation of House rules. But his tweets, oh, we'll condemn them, right? 
This is the same guy who said, and I quote, laziness is a trait in blacks, end quote. He said, quote, immigrants from Haiti all have AIDS, end quote. He said, if Nigerian immigrants came here, they would, quote, never go back to their huts, end quote. Referred to asshole countries. Uh, he lied about Obama repeatedly. I mean, this, let's just call out his racism. All the examples are in the video, and I think you'll find it fascinating. It's available over at TomHartman.com, so check it out. Thank you. So let's check in. We talk media news, excuse me, and find out what's going on in the world today. This report brought to you by Goats for the Old Goat.com and Ellen Ratner's book, Loving What You Do. On the line with us, Bob Nay. Bob, I have been going through all the details of this whistleblower complaint. I've read large parts of it on the air to our folks here. You and I, I'm sure, both watched the hearings. I'm curious your thoughts both as to law and as to politics on this, since you've been involved with both throughout your long and storied career. Right. Well, thank you, Tom. And I'm looking at this, and it just sort of blows my mind. I mean, there are still moving pieces, but there's some very solid pieces of this puzzle that are not going to go away as other past incidences or situations have. And what I'm talking to is, first of all, tracking Rudy Giuliani, which is very easy when you go to any of these, whether it's the whistleblower or whether it's the conversation, Giuliani traveling, meeting with our ambassador to the European Union, our ambassador European Union advising the president of Ukraine and his staff of how to deal with what Trump's wanting. Giuliani did the same right. thing. Right. So that's one piece of this. this I'm thinking they have to bring corrupt. Giuliani in. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is corruption on steroids. But, you know, Trump wants a Roy Cohn, and Giuliani, I guess, has decided that he's going to be Trump's Roy Cohn. He's going to be his corrupt fixer. I've got to say that Giuliani's fingerprints are all over this thing, and yeah. now they're exposed light of day. And also, well, here's another thing, too. It's going to be the reaction of the president. I see two areas which are political side to it. One, the Democratic side has to do this the right way. I mean, the right way. Right. No infighting, no committee jurisdiction. Listen to how the speaker sets this up. Which committee does this? Because, you know, I've always called, you know, the Congress, I love it, but it's a peacock farm. Right. And so <laughs> everybody has its share. Yes. Well, the Senate, we used to call the Senate. Not not unlike the media, by the way, Bob. <laughs> right. Well, I always call the Senate the most expensive nursing home on earth. Okay. But, uh, but, but with the situation, the Democratic side has to really, you know, do this correctly, make sure there's no committee infighting, et cetera. Right. On the Republican side, it's already started today to violate what I said I would do if I was advisor to the White House. The president has called the whistleblower close to a spy. Right. He's calling him a spy. The whistleblower is not a spy. And there's something else. If the president wants to talk about spies, I don't know if you saw, the whistleblower has credibility because he quotes multiple sources that tell him the same story. Right. And that line, as we read it, Tom, tells us one thing. The people that are exposing the president about this Ukrainian call were all inside the White House, and it was more than one, more than two. Right. And McGuire this morning said it wasn't the intelligence community. I mean, one of the Republicans tried to pin him down and basically say, you guys, you've got a leak over there. This is the third time, you know, the president's conversation with the president of Mexico right after he was inaugurated and with the president of Australia or the prime minister of Australia right after he was inaugurated were both leaked. McGuire says wasn't the intelligence that came out of the White House. Trump is surrounded by people who think he's crazy, and they're trying to tell us about that. 
I think they are trying to definitely do something, and they released it on purpose to the whistleblower so that they would expose it. Now, McGuire, I thought, had a lot of credibility. You could see where he was at between the rock and the hard place, trying to take the legal advice, which was then from Barr. White House was exerting executive privilege. McGuire knew that wasn't a healthy way to go. So he was trying, I think, to you know circumnavigate through right. everything that he could yeah, as, he was, as much as possible. He was caught between a rock and a hard place. I mean, think about this, Bob. We all know what Donald Trump does to people who cross him. I mean, he destroys them. He squashes them like bugs. He holds them up and says, right wingers, go after these people. You know, throw death threats at them. Throw, I mean, even Christine Blasey Ford, for God's sake. She had to go into hiding. And so this guy is thinking, okay, here I've got the biggest bombshell in the history of the United States. Never before has a president of the United States ever been charged with treason, essentially, with going to a foreign government for his own election. And I've got this thing, and I've been on the job for a week. And he hadn't worked in the intelligence community before he was a Navy SEAL. I don't know what to do. I need to talk to a lawyer. And so the only lawyers above him in the chain of command were the White House and the DOJ. So he goes to them, and of course, they're the ones who are accused in the thing. And so they say, well, just cover it up. Don't worry. It's all good. Right. And so there's the legal side to this, which I think there is plenty of fodder to justify what's going on now to look into this entire thing through an inquiry. Absolutely plenty of it. But then the political side to it, first of all, Mitt Romney's starting to call himself a maverick. All right. I mean, we have to look at the Republicans on this. Well, Romney's thinking, you know, Romney 2024. Right. And did you see what Marco Rubio said? He told reporters he's read the whistleblower's complaint and he has more questions than answers. And a lot of them haven't read it yet. I think once that complaint is read, another thing, Tom, once the whistleblower's complaint and the version that the whistleblower has from three credible sources is compared to the president's version of the transcript, I think we're going to see an explosive situation on all of that. And if the president starts to try to bully senators, and any of that gets out or they feel pressure, even though I used to say, well, they won't convict, I'm not saying that anymore. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that... Uh, and, a lot of pieces. Yeah, Trump, Trump thinks he's going to be Bill Clinton or Andrew Johnson. I think he's going to be Richard Nixon or worse. Yeah, this is going to be a ride. Yeah, he, but he's trying to keep out of jail, Bob. I mean, that's the bottom line. He, he knows if he loses this election, he goes to jail. Bob Nay, Talk Media News. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Yeah. You're listening to Tom Hartman. You, uh, you know, last night uh, we had a great time in, um, in, uh, at, at Powell's out in Beaverton. But if you missed it or if you had wanted me to sign something last night, I did leave early because it was past my bedtime. But I will be doing that in Portland on October 10th at Powell's uh, Burnside, the main Powell's, at 7.30 p.m. And also next week, next Thursday, I will be in Chicago on October 3rd in Carroll Stream, actually, suburban Chicago, at Smart 265. And uh, you can get information, uh, and I believe you may have to get tickets. I'm not sure, but it's all at WCPT820.com. Larry in Copperton, Utah. Hey, Larry, what's on your mind? I wanted to talk to you about Nancy Pelosi during her announcement of this impeachment inquiry, mm-hmm. quoted Benjamin Franklin, and I believe she said, what kind of a nation or monarchy do we have, sir? Right. And Nancy said, a republic, if we can hang on to it. Actually, the I literal believe- reply from Franklin was, because it was a woman who had asked him, I'm forgetting her name, but he said, it is a republic, ma'am, 
if you can keep it. Well, did he say Democratic Republic? No, he said it's a republic. Mis- he said it's a republic. It's a okay. republic. Because it just seems to me that as far as the Democratic part, the Republicans are trying to just go with a monarchy. Yeah. Oh, the Republicans have become the party of oligarchy, absolutely. I mean, back in the day, you, you find Jefferson referring to himself as a Republican. Everybody wanted to refer to themselves as Republicans. The Democratic Party was originally named by Thomas Jefferson, the Democratic Republican Party. And then they dropped the word Republican from their name in the 1820s and just became the Democratic Party. And it's the longest lasting party in the history of the world for any country. So the word Republican back then meant a very different thing. It meant, you know, having a republic, having the rule of law, having, you know, this infrastructure of laws and and a constitutional system within which you had democratic elections. That was just given. But the word democratic didn't come into real currency until the 1830s when the Democratic Party dropped the word Republican from their title. Anyhow, we've got to move along here. Thanks a lot for the call, Larry. Sean in uh, Oakland, California. Hey, Sean, what's up? Hey, Tom, I've loved your show for many years, and I really appreciate what you do. Thank you. Before Benedict Donald ever even took office, we were compromised and we were in a bad way. We can go back to Flynn. But not to relitigate that, we are where we are now. We need to continue, now that we have an impeachment inquiry, to crank the screws on Mr. I Always Wanted a Purple Heart. And not only that, all the Republican quizlings enable this fool. And, oh. you know... And Pence, I mean, on September 2nd, Pence did a press conference in Poland and talked about the corruption in Ukraine. I mean, Pence is in on this, too. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I also want to know, what did Pootie Poot say to Chump, and when did he say it? Well, that's the thing. Apparently, according to the whistleblower, there are numerous phone calls that Trump has had with other foreign leaders that they ended up putting on the secret server so that nobody could learn what Trump said. And uh, this, I mean, this is like finding out about the White House tapes. This is going to get wild. It's going to be a real interesting day, particularly to watch the fallout of this as the Republicans, particularly the Republicans in the Senate, start reading this whistleblower report. We'll be back then. In the meantime, don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires all of us, and that includes you. So get out there, get active, tag, you're it. Have a great afternoon. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. You know, until last year, I'd never endorsed a weight loss product, but I decided to change that after reading about university research into a molecule in olive oil that regulates appetite. My wife convinced me that there was one that was worth sharing, and well, a year later, I have to say she was right. Louise said once her appetite and cravings were under control, losing weight was easy, and she's kept it off. And now my producer, Sean, is trying Regizone, too. Sean says Regizone is the easiest diet supplement she's ever used. One capsule with breakfast, and forget it. No jitters, no hunger stranglehold, no cravings. And best of all, after a short time on Regizone, Sean says her favorite genes are a lot more comfortable again. The only ingredient in Regizone occurs naturally in the body and is completely non-stimulant. That appealed to both Louise and Sean, and I'm guessing it will to you too. With Regizone, Sean says she feels great and doesn't miss her sugar cravings. Listen, if you're looking to lose weight this season, I strongly suggest you give non-prescription Regizone a try. Use the promo code TOM, T-H-O-M, and receive up to 65% off plus free shipping. Go to Riduzone.com. It's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com. R-I-D-U-Zone.com. Riduzone.com. Promo code TOM. Riduzone.com.